0: alrighty beautiful so, ah. yep Jesus that chair's going to be irritating I'll we'll just try and lean back on it I'm going to get one just get a just get a wooden one I'll
1: pressure. just back like this it's easier um, well, I can get mum to do the <laughs> all right um, first topic I wanted to ask you about is um, explaining the best in- best interest duty it comes up a lot in the articles we read um, and I sort of understand the origin of it but it might be interesting for people to understand what it how it pertains to mortgage brokers.
0: Yeah, cool. So um, people are probably aware that most mortgage brokers get paid by the bank mm. when they introduce a loan to that bank. Some brokers might charge a up, small upfront fee because there's a lot of work involved but most brokers don't. Um, coming out of the Royal Commission there was some concern that Um, not all brokers acted in the best interest of the client when picking a loan product for them. So they may have got them into a fixed rate loan when people were looking for a bit more flexibility, um, a higher interest rate than was on offer for various reasons. Um, So what the government's introduced um, starting 1 January, uh, starting with mortgage brokers, is that a mortgage broker has to act in the best interest of the client at all times and has to show through their discussions with the client, the products they're recommending, that the product that the loan the client is being recommended is in the best interest of the client. So um, yeah, starts in 1 January. 99% of brokers do this already. If we don't act in the client's best interest, um, the client has a bad experience and doesn't recommend us to their friends. Okay. So for most people, it's, um, it's a no real change, mm. but you just got to make sure that when you're talking to your broker that, that they're asking you lots of questions about you, um, they're not jumping to a conclusion too quickly and trying to get you into a loan straight away, that they're giving you a couple of options, they're talking to you about fixed rates, variable rates. Um, offset accounts basic loans split rate loans all those things mm. which is which is what we do um, so yeah so that's coming in from one January it may be extended to other credit providers but um, yeah at the moment yeah from one January mortgage brokers have to act in the best interest of clients which is a
1: good thing okay second thing I wanted to talk to you about was an article came through during the week about um, So right now, I think the government's just sort of trying to get an idea of what people think about um, getting rid of or phasing out stamp duty and phasing into an idea of uh, you're paying like an annual property tax instead um, and people having the choice of doing that when they're buying a first, like buying a home. Um, What implications do you think this has For, like, first home buyers or just generally? Yeah, so look at the moment stamp
0: duty, the stamp duty is a state based tax. So, you probably where you pay GST and that's a federal tax applies across the country. Uh, Stamp duty is a a state based tax. So, if you um, buy an asset, um, you normally pay stamp duty, so it's around three to four percent of the purchase price. So if you're buying a property for $400,000, the stamp duty, you know 12, dollars 15,000. Now there are a lot of exemptions in New South Wales especially for first home buyers. And most first home buyers buying an existing property don't pay stamp duty on a property worth $650 or less, 650,000 or less. It's a bit higher if it's a, if it's a new new uh, property you're building. So what the proposal is is that people would have the choice when they buy a house, of paying either stamp duty or paying an annual, like, annual tax. Um, there's not much detail. It only just came out during the week as a bit of a discussion point. Yeah. it's been pretty favourably um, supported. Most people think it's probably a good idea. Um, the interesting thing is if you, if it comes in and you buy a property and you choose to to pay the annual tax. Mm. That stays with the house. Yeah. So if in 10 years' time you sell the house to someone else, they don't have the option of paying stamp duty. Okay. They only will pay uh, the annual tax. Yeah. So it's probably a smarter thing to do. Um, you know, some people are saying it could reduce the cost of property. Mm. not too sure. Um, whether it applies to investors, we're not too sure yet. It may just apply to people buying a property that they're going to live in. So, um Yeah. More, more detail to come, but yeah, it's been pretty favourably um, supported. The New South Wales Treasurer seems pretty, um, what's the word for it, a bit more dynamic than most state treasurers, coming up with different ways of doing things to raise the money. We need to build things for the, for the state, but in a way that's not going to sort of um,
1: you know dampen the economy too much, and okay. that was pretty good because that's one thing one of the stats they talked about in this article they said so stamp duty in new south wales is approximately 4% based on a sydney median house price of 1 uh, 1,154,000 I think $406 yep that's the number um buyers currently pay approximately 46 grand to the government in stamp duty so um one of the economists in australia spoke on this article about um if you're a first home buyer you not only have to worry about getting your deposit ready for a loan for that amount in sydney you also have to worry about that 46 grand on top that you've yep. got to provide to um pay the stamp duty so if you're paying if you're paying like it's interesting if you're paying a percentage a year that's going to be a lot less than that I'm assuming um as like a land tax every year, that's probably a lot cheaper in the, in the beginning at least. Yeah. Um, well,
0: the, the main thing is you don't have to fork out that money up front. Yeah. So you can pay it off over, over the over the course, which is what you do with your loan. Mm. Now, you take out a loan and you pay it off over mm-hmm. 20, 30, sometimes 35 years. Um, yeah. Which is, yeah. So,
1: yeah, it, it's pretty smart. Yeah. And we'll keep, in, we'll keep an eye on this as it develops because right now they still haven't introduced an idea of what, percentage yep. you might be paying per year as yep. a property tax. So they're still sort of... Yeah, still working uh, out the about. Um, Another article we're going to cover, it's from um, Mortgage Professional Australia. is one of the online magazines we get some content from uh, week to week. Um, speaking to a few different brokers around, one in particular spoke on... Uh, there's There's been an uptick in... Uh, I think now there's 26... Or a record 36 it might be 26 lenders that are offering cash back offers for refinancing um, and from that the article just spoke about um, how it's going to change the the outlook of people looking to refinance over the next year or so when so many banks are offering cash back offers like should people be taking advantage of that and refinancing every 6 to 12 months um, I just wondered what your takeaways might yeah, be so about. what
0: what banks are competing for business. Right. And we've talked about before, say five years ago, every ad break on TV, every ad break on the radio, um, in the newspapers, online, would be some advertising for banks, you know, trying to get your custom. Um, banks seem to have diverted some of that money that they would normally have spent on above-the-line advertising to cash-back offers. So mm-hmm. they might have had a million dollars... Um, of their budget, they're now putting that into say fifty thousand, two thousand dollar cashbacks. So what they do is they promote their offer that if you refinancing has a cost mm. because you have to discharge the mortgage and you have to register a new mortgage, so it's about say six hundred bucks. So what the banks are doing is offering cashbacks of between two, 000, three, 000, four thousand dollars to get your business. If you've already got a loan with a bank. And you're paying it on time, you're you've already got an established record of, of of credit history, so most banks are pretty keen to get you over to their bank. Um, it's a lot um, easier than you know trying to find new customers or waiting for someone or pre-approving someone and then waiting for them to buy a house because at the moment a lot of people are struggling to buy because of the lack of supply. So a lot of banks are doing cashbacks. Um, you know, the 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 person in the article said, you know, you could probably look to refinance every six to twelve months. We always say you want to you want to keep an eye on your interest rate. If you're on a good rate, swapping all the time just to get a cash back, um, yeah, I think I think every couple of years is probably about all you really want to do. Um, but yeah, at the moment, if you're on a rate that starts with a three or a high two you probably should be looking to refinance or at least talking to your existing bank Mm. about um, what they're prepared to do to keep you because you know we're regularly saving people six eight ten grand a year in interest yeah just by getting them into a better product
1: so yeah yeah okay um one of the things that's a bit of a follow-up actually that's the next one um The fifth topic we wanted to cover was about some of the, an article came through during the week speaking about how non-bank lenders are pushing Treasury to have more access to cheaper funds in order to better compete against major banks on mortgages. So I didn't really understand how this article was wording it that the banks have had access to the Reserve Bank $200 term funding facility which uh, smaller lenders say is giving the bigger players like the big four banks an unfair advantage. Can you sort of explain how that works? So
0: from my understanding, when uh, the pandemic hit, the um, government through the Reserve Bank uh, made available $200 billion at extremely low rates of interest to the banks. Now, it's not available to every lender. Mm. So... What they're saying, some of the non-bank lenders who don't have access to that facility, is that they're having to raise funds to lend and they're paying a higher interest rate on those funds than the banks are. So if you've got um, one, just say one bank's borrowing at 0.5% and lending at 2.5%, they're making 2% margin. Mm -hmm. If another bank's having to borrow money at 1% and lend at 2.5%, they're only making one and a half percent, so it's a competitive. They're at a competitive disadvantage. Okay. So that's that's their gripe. Um, I think what the government did when when the pandemic hit was just they just wanted to get as much money into the economy as they could through through stimulus, through cash flow booster business, the job seeker job keeper um, funding available at low interest rates, yeah. and those sorts of things. And it's been pretty successful.
1: So, um, yeah, that's what that one's about. Okay. Um, this one's a follow-up from last week. We spoke about um, something you found interesting, that realestate.com.au was finding that they had record numbers of people looking into their website, um, like a record number of traffic. Um, so you followed up with them. Um, do you want to expand yeah, on that? Yeah, so more? a stat coming out that... Um
0: over 60% of the adult population or over 12 million people had visited realestate.com.au, but they didn't say in the the thing they sent out what period that was. So I wasn't sure that was a year, a quarter, or a month, so I just messaged them, and they come back and said, yeah, it's every month. So I think what's happening at the moment um, is that you've got the the supply of properties down Mm. and the numbers of buyers... Not sure whether it's more, but it's least as many as it was. Mm. So you can just imagine if there were, say, 10... If there was 100 buyers and 10 open homes, say, a year ago, now there's 100 buyers and there's only, like, 3 or 4 open homes. So um, there's a lot more buyers than sellers at the moment, and that stat bears that out, that there's a lot of people... um, The interest is there. Yeah, like, we've got a client... Um, selling a property in Launceston sold within two days sight unseen to an interstate investor um, work clients at a client, uh, Lithgow and Dubbo can't buy a property at the moment because by the time it goes online it gets bought people in Newcastle the same Melbourne the same everywhere at the moment people are struggling to um, to buy property so what our recommendation is at the moment is that you get a buyer's agent mm. so Buyers agents have get they get access to property before it goes on the market, right. and you don't have to compete with other people. So if if you if a house comes online, um, and you see it on a say Wednesday night for a Saturday open, quite a lot of the time now by the time this, the Saturday open never actually happens, it gets bought. So buyers agents will normally get told about that house the week before it's going on the market so if you engage a buyer's agent they can get you access to that property so you're going to look at it before everyone else and you have the opportunity to buy it before everyone else so if you're missing out at the moment um look at uh, go to the reba website rebaa and get yourself a buyer's agent
1: Mm -hmm. or at least have a chat with them okay um seventh thing we're going to cover this was this one was interesting to me because we spoke about it before we um recorded too um, the head of marketing for the digital division of one of the big four banks was reflecting on the cashback offers available in the market for lenders, so uh, for for clients like applicants. Um, pointing out there are only one or two such offers in the market a few years ago, um, he sort of spoke about how it could be dangerous to make this the new norm. That more banks are offering cashback offers than ever before, and it is because they're trying to get more business and be more competitive. Um, but he believed that it might train customers to behave in a way where they're always expecting to be getting cashback offers in order to refinance. Do you think his worry is well founded, or do you think it's just going to be the way this is? This might be the way banks operate for a couple of years. Well,
0: I'm not too sure. I think, like most companies, U Bank. Has like marketing challenges. Mm. Um, you look at one of the local banks here, the Newcastle Permanent. They don't really market on price. They do have a cashback offer, but a lot of their marketing is around community involvement and building their brand. U um, Bank has always been a cheap bank. Like most people don't know that it's actually owned by NAB, and it it competes on price, so mm. it's cheap. Um, we've lost quite a few clients to UBank because people don't want a bank branch, they just want cheap money. So I think what the guy from UBank would be probably better off doing is working out how they can make their brand more relevant Mm. um, and they might even have to have a cashback offer. Um, But at the moment, they're still cheaper than a lot of the other places around. And whether cashbacks are going to be around for a while, not too Sure probably more likely than not Um, but you know when we talk to clients um, we do give them four or five products to choose from and if there's a cash back we'll let them know that and
1: if that's something that they're interested in we'll certainly help them get it. Um, Another one we wanted to talk about it's got to do with um, quickly paying off your loan so there was an article during the week and it spoke about tips and tricks that people might try and adopt to pay off their loan quicker in order to be a little more financially free from it, whether they're buying houses for investing or just to owner, uh, as an owner-occupied setup. Um, a lot of the ways they, they spoke about was extra payments or mm-hmm. lump sum payments. Can you explain to me the, the pros and cons and what you should be looking for in a bank if you want to be able to make extra payments? That's for, uh, one. The second thing is the lump sum payment. I don't. I. I. am sure it's pretty self explanatory. But yeah. if you can expand on those. Yeah, cool. So, for,
0: it's in your best interest to pay your loan down as quickly as possible. If you've got a loan and got money sitting in a savings account, your lo- your savings money is better off sitting in your, lo- in your loan, and drawing that back out later on because you just save. Um. You know, if you've got savings, you pay, you get interest, pay tax. If you've got your savings. Most of your savings in your loan, you're saving whatever that interest rate is. Um, so, some ways you can pay your loan off quicker is pay, pay weekly or fortnightly. Um, how most banks, most banks calculate interest daily. So, at the, you know, when my parents had their mortgage, um, they would pay their mortgage on the last day of the month. Um, so, so in November there'd be thirty days worth of interest. And then they pay their make their loan repayment. Now, if you're if you're paying weekly on the seventh, um, and you make your repayment, the interest charge between the seventh and the fourteenth is on a lower amount because you've already made a payment. So the more often you pay, the better. So if you can pay weekly, that's better. Fortnightly is better. Um, with monthly repayments, you make twelve repayments a year. Fortnightly, you make twenty six. So you're making extra two repayments. Right. And if you pay weekly, you're making 52, so you're making more repayments. So definitely weeklies, weekly or fortnightly is better than paying monthly. Some people get paid monthly, so they're happier to have it come out monthly, whatever whatever um, floats your boat. But you want to get a loan. If you can make extra repayments, you want to get a loan that allows you to do that, either with an offset account or making extra repayments and then being able to redraw them out when you want um, some banks have fixed-rate loans that allow you to make extra repayments, um, some up to about $30,000 a year, yeah. which is you know, 600 bucks a week. If you can mm-hmm. make that sort of extra repayments on your loan, you can get a fixed-rate loan, which are great rates at the moment, and make extra repayments. Um, you can split your loan, so you might have some fixed some variable. Um, but you know, generally, the best thing to do is watch what you spend your money on, try and limit your discretionary expenditure mm. because um, every extra bit you put in your loan saves you years off your loan term. Yeah. Now, with the lump sums, you know some people every year get a tax refund, My grand, two grand. Some people might have had extra tax deducted. They might have had a help debt that's now been paid off and forgot to tell the employer, so there's extra money being deducted. They might get four or five grand. Um, rather than go and... Put it up against the wall, pay some of it off your home loan. Yeah. Um, and if you go onto our website, money you can put in on our extra repayments calculator, put in how much you can save on your loan in interest and in time by making extra repayments either weekly, fortnightly, or lump sum.
1: Okay. And something interesting that you you brought up just now that um, you tell, I know you tell your, uh, tell anybody that's trying to get a loan through you that you'll tell them a good thing to do is maybe to get some of your bank statements and go through with a pen what what are expenses that are necessary and what you could probably live without. Um, it's interesting, one of the books I've been reading about growing your wealth through property is looking at some of the daily or weekly expenses like coffees and things that you could go without if you're trying to save money in places that you can afford to, if that makes sense. yeah, like, yeah. 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 Over over the over a year, if you if you spend five dollars on a coffee Monday to Friday, the whole year that that adds up. Yeah. Uh, over time. Yeah,
0: we say to people, Look, you you don't want to live like a hermit. Like mm-hmm. you've got to, you've got to live your life, but it is about priorities, and um, for a lot of people, the daily coffee is a, more of a mental health thing. It's mm. where you know you're having a chat with people over coffee and that sort of thing. But if you're having four or five coffees a day, so if you're spending twenty bucks a day on coffee, maybe try and drop it back to ten bucks. If you do that every day of the year, you save ten bucks every day. Of the year, it's three and a half grand. So little bits make a lot. And um, yeah, what we suggest to people is um, get your last couple of months of uh, statements for your um, bank account, credit card, afterpay, zip pay, hum anything you've got and just go through with a red pen and just put a little mark against everything that you probably could have done without and then tally it up and just see how much it is. Mm. Um if you can save five hundred bucks a month in five years you've got thirty grand. It's not bad. And most people, even us, could probably easily trim five hundred bucks a month off their expenditure without too much of a hit to their lifestyle. So um what we're finding at the moment is a lot of people are doing that. People, you know, I think Australians have saved $110 billion this year, which is fantastic. Um, but just, you know, if if you're saving that and you've got a home loan, pay it off your home loan. Don't sit in a bank account. Yeah. Um, put it into your home loan, but most home loans will give you access to get it back. And um, if you need
1: any help, just give us a call. Okay. Um, one of the other ones we're going to cover is... Uh a study, oh, sorry, a report came out with The Australian speaking on uh, 11% of households with a mortgage said they had trouble meeting repayments over the four weeks to mid-October. Um, that's more than twice the proportion recorded during the peak of the COVID-19 recession. So um, one of the, the economists speaking to The Australian said that some companies have stopped job keeper payments and let workers go if they didn't think the jobs would come back. The government income support measures kept many households afloat while thousands of businesses were shuttered to suppress the spread of coronavirus so um, it's it's sort of interesting that during the the peak of COVID when everything was shut down most people still had jobs because the government was keeping the businesses afloat for the most part Um, but now that companies are starting to see that with the easing restrictions, they might not still be able to keep as many employees going. That they're gonna to have to get rid of people, and that's when the banks are gonna start seeing more people default—not default, but um, go on uh maybe defer on a on a yeah. p- loan repayment.
0: Yeah. So yeah, it's it, it is interesting, and a lot of people are saying, um, "Winter is coming." Yeah. That um, yeah, as job keeper and job seeker winds back, um. That there will be businesses that aren't going to make it to the other side, and you know the whole thing of JobKeeper, which was a fantastic initiative, was to get people what they called was the bridge to the other side. Now, um, as you, as you mentioned, some businesses are not going to be here. Yeah. Um, Post COVID, mm. um, whether it's because people um, have learned new habits. Um, they're in an industry that's just not going to recover because it's reliant on things that are going to be impacted by COVID. Um, we're not too sure, but this is an, I think this one um, is quite interesting. That um, I think we'll see more of this coming up. That people will start struggling to make their loan repayments. That if you know if people have been on JobKeeper and been on a loan pause for a while, and now they they're looking that they may not be able to make repayments my advice is for them to have a chat with their experts about whether now is a good time to sell their property. Mm -hmm. Because at the moment, property is... um, There's not enough supply and people are getting great prices. So rather than keep your property for too long and have to sell it at a loss down the track, maybe, um, Mm -hmm. it's probably worthwhile having a chat with your experts about whether now is a good time to... Maybe sell while you've still got some equity in the property, um, but that's a case by case thing. I'm not saying sh- saying you should do that. Just it's just something to think about because at the moment in just about every market around the country, there's more buyers than there are sellers, and it's definitely a seller's market from what yeah. we're seeing without with our clients. Um, yeah, so the one of the good things that came out about a month ago, I think, was I know the Com Bank did it, and I think a couple of other banks said that they would not be looking to foreclose on people's houses, i.e., sell houses that people couldn't make repayments on, till September next year. So the banks have been very, very good through this process by allowing people to go on interest-only repayments or have loan deferrals. Um, and yeah, you know, it's not in anyone's interest for people to ha- to have a wholesale sale of property around the country. It's not in anybody's interest. So I think there'll be um, yeah, we'll. You know, I think the hope was around the world that we would um, lock down everywhere and eradicate the virus pretty quickly. Now that's happened here, New Zealand, and a few other places. But yeah, you know, the daily cases in America and Europe, there are record numbers of new infections every day. So um, that's an opportunity for Australia. Um, you know, they're talking about lots of Hollywood movies being made here. Um, getting back having concerts, we had fifty odd thousand at the state of origin last yeah. week. Um, it's a great opportunity for Australia. Like managing COVID will be a great competitive advantage yep. for Australia. But I just think for some people, if you know, if we're now November, if since March you've been on JobKeeper and the the boss is basically saying, or you can work it out yourself, that the business may not survive have a chat to the experts that you rely on about your property and finance because you may be better off selling now while the prices are really, really good.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, last thing we're going to cover, this one I enjoy because I like your opinions on it because we, we agree a lot on it, but I also like you ranting on it, so hopefully yep. we get that buy now, pay later. So mm-hmm. um what are, the, what are the sort of the companies, like Afterpay... Afterpay, ZipPay, Hum, a few of the others. Okay. Yeah, there's a new one every week. So, um, basically, uh, an ASIC, so the Australian Securities and Investments Commission, uh, had a new report speaking on the buy-now-pay-later industry, which enables customers to buy and receive goods and services immediately from a merchant and repay a buy-now-pay-later provider over time. Um These arrangements, according to the report, have increased in popularity, rising by 90% between 2017 and 2019 financial years. Um, The number of these transactions over the 2018 to 2019 financial year hit $32 million. Um, From that report, the research found that one in five customers have missed repayments um, and a similar proportion have missed paying their mortgage uh, in order to pay a buy now, pay later provider. the conclusions are based off a survey of 1600 customers um it's an interesting it might be a bit reflective of like where we're at in the world today where people just want things without really um they're more happy to just buy something on a whim rather than saving for it but uh what does this sort of um how do i word this what does this look like to banks? Yeah, so I think this is this is sort of almost
0: linked to the previous one we talked about, about yeah. people missing their mortgage repayments. Right. Um, we talked about, and we talked about with our clients, that you either play now and pay later, or you pay now and play later. And much like credit cards, um, these, these products, um, the buy now, pay later products, allow you to get the good now and pay for it later on Um, i think what you've got to think about when you use these or a credit card is can i one do i actually need it and secondly can i pay for it now after pay from memory allows you to buy something and pay it off in three or four fortnightly repayments yeah now if you're buying something for 400 bucks and that makes it 100 a fortnight, and you can comfortably cover that, use it. But if you have a think to yourself when you're buying something, do I really need it? And secondly, can I actually afford it? And if you can't, don't buy it. Because um, if you're looking to, a lot of the stuff you buy on, on these uh, platforms is discretionary expenditure, it's, it's things you may not necessarily need. Can you do without it? and then save more money so that you can get in the property market if that's what you want so it's the other thing you can't have your cake and eat it too Yeah. Um, with, the, with the banks um, what banks look at is, and when you're applying for a loan you've got to think like a bank if the bank sees you've got issues with your credit you've had four jobs in the last three years may not have been your fault you um, might have changed industries you might have a tax debt you might have a personal loan a credit card after pay zip pay and all these things in the bank's eyes you look as you look like someone who um, is a bit riskier than mm. someone who may have quite a bit of savings one credit card with a low rate or with a low uh, limit someone who buys b- drives a modest car so you've got to think Okay, how do, if I was the bank, would I lend me money? Mm. Now, um, you can probably, most people can probably get a loan at any time, but if you want a good loan at a cheap rate, you've got to make sure you're putting your best case forward to the bank. Mm. So after paying zip pay, if you really need it and you can pay it off in the time and it's not getting out of control... They they're not bad things like credit cards, so long as you manage it. But if you don't need it and you can't really afford it, don't do it. And it's about personal responsibility. Um, you know, during the royal commission, there were people um, saying that you know the bank lent them too much money. Well, they applied for it. Mm. Um, if you get a thing in the mail from the bank saying, you know, hi, high Merv, you can. Your credit card limit's five thousand. We'd like to let you have twenty thousand. If you don't need it, don't take it. Mm. Um, and if you're if you're worried about any of any of this stuff, give us a call and we'll have a chat to. You. We're happy to chat to people about it. Yeah. Or talk to your broker. If you don't have a broker, just Google your local um, your local area and look for a, a broker that's get got good recommendations. Go have a chat with them.
1: Okay. Is there anything else you wanted to cover before we make a move? Um, well, I
0: think just just basically just be careful at the moment. Um, it is a seller's market. Um, people are having trouble getting property and property selling very quickly for above the guide. Um, be careful with price guides put on properties. What we're seeing with our clients around the place is that the guides are, well, I'd actually call them misleading. Mm. Um I think it's a real worry at the moment, some of the guides that are being put on property. Now, there was a story in this morning's um, Sunday Telegraph about a property in somewhere in Sydney. It's got Harbour Views, Potts Point it might have been, sold for just over $6 million above the reserve. Now, for me, I'm thinking to myself, there might have been it might have been a perfect storm. There might have been just some buyers that absolutely wanted that place. And the agents might have been blown away by, by that. But yeah. we're seeing generally around most markets places going well above the reserve. So I think at the moment, if, if, you're, if you're missing out on property, it's time to talk to a buyer's agent. Um, that's my recommendation to a lot of our clients. Um, they're experienced negotiators... They've got good contacts. They have access to property before it goes on the market. That's just that's just the way it is. So rather than hang around, just remember when you get a notification about a property that's come on the market that's in your price range, so are thousands of other people. So it's better if you get notified before they do. Yeah. So that's my recommendation at the moment. I think seriously have a chat with a REBA Buyers Agent um, and yeah get an expert working for you yeah so and the other thing just make sure you're proof for finance Um, we've had some clients in sydney miss out on a property last week they really liked um because they don't have their finance organized so the 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 vendor just took the person who's got the the finance organized and you know give yourself a couple of weeks um, there's lots of loan applications going in for refinances for purchases There's lots of low rates uh, around, so people are changing their loans around. So give yourself a couple of weeks. If someone says to you, I can get your loan really quick, probably can, but it's probably not going to be good. It's probably going to be a bit higher interest rate um, and may not be the best loan for you. So um, yeah, get your finance sorted and then go looking. And if you're missing out a bit, um, join the club because there's lots of people missing out, but you can... Uh, If you get a buyer's agent, um, they can certainly help you.
1: Okay. Do you want to plug the Facebook and all that? Yeah, so
0: moneysaverhomeloans.com.au. Lots of free calculators. um, Facebook page, search Money Saver Home Loans. And, yeah, we post lots of helpful content. And if you want to have a chat about anything, um, Facebook messages, and we can have a chat. Um, Or SMS, and we'll give you a call, and um, we help people all around the country. Got clients in every state except Northern Territory, so um, we have a good understanding of what's happening in the property market, and we, yeah, we want to help you get into a good property with a great loan to grow your wealth, um, so that you can buy more property if you want, or just so that you're um, more secure when you're older.
1: Okay, easy.